Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here. Welcome back to the guest segment of the Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, you no doubt have seen that Tucker Carlson is Mr. UFO, Mr. Alien. He had three segments on this week about UFO disclosure. And this was the stuff that if you talked about UFOs before, you belonged in a loony bin. Military officers would have been court-martialed for what they're doing now. Airline pilots would have been fired. No more. No more. Alien disclosure is coming in June from the Inspector General. Are you buying it? I don't know that I'm buying it. And here to talk about it is Ronnie McMullen. Hi, Ronnie. How are you doing, Dave? I'm hanging in there. I'm waiting with bated breath for Nanu Nanu, take me to your leader. It's uh, we are living in some very strange times, and so why not throw the UFO card in? That's the way I look at it, and I think that's what they're going to do. So they'll start with Tucker. Well, that's no question what they're doing with that. And I want to tell you that um, it's so bizarre. Tucker Carlson talks about topics, and I'm saying outside the UFO realm. If I talked about these on any of the social media, I'd be instantly banned for life. And he does all these things that you think would piss off the administration and the big tech censors. But then they turn around and they're giving him control of the UFO question. Um, I mean, he's had Luis Elizondo on, who resigned as the Pentagon's chief uh, UFO investigator. They've had authors of books on about UFOs. Here comes the disclosure. And it's all being treated as absolute fact. What is it about Tucker Carlson, do you think, what's drawing him to be the designated release man in anticipation of the Inspector General's report? The only thing I can think of, and I and I this could be just this is just opinion, is the fact that Tucker is very well liked. Um, during the campaign, he was trying very hard to bring. The truth at least for a while and so he's I think he's very well liked and so they want to pick uh, somebody for point that people will listen to and people will believe and I think it's interesting this disclosure um, there's actually a document a friend of mine is going to be in a documentary uh, talking about um, people that have gone through UFO abduction or just connection with UFOs and they're celebrities so uh, the timing is <laughs> the timing is probably perfectly picked. The question is why? Yeah, good question. And um, I have some theories that I would imagine <laughs> you do too. So let, let's start with you because you're the guest. Why, why do you think they're doing alien disclosure after decades if it's nothing but swamp gas and you'd take your psychiatric medication? Um, I think it's still going to be swamp gas. Uh, I, I think it's just going to be a little more swamp gas. They're not going to disclose the actual truth of everything that's gone on for the past 50 years, uh, or, or more, I should say, longer, because Hitler was dealing with this in the 30s. So you're talking about 90, almost 100 years of UFO data that has not been revealed, because supposedly the United States public can't handle the truth so we have to have uh, talk show hosts and, and TV hosts 
make us wear tinfoil hats if we talk about anything that has to do with ETs, extraterrestrials, um, fallen angels, any kind of anything. Spaceships, you know, we're, we're Area 51 does not exist. There are no tunnels to um, St. George, Utah. There are no tunnels to Vandenberg Air Force Base. This is all make-believe. Well, that's fine. We may, boy, our imaginations are running wild, you know. Who yeah. would have thought that there's tunnels underneath Vandenberg Air Force Base? So all this to say is um, they've been poo-pooing the reality and the truth of the UFO perspective for a long time. And if you talked about it, you were on the fringe, you were on the edge, and you're wearing a tinfoil hat. Even though Steven Spielberg can make movies about extraterrestrials and never have anybody throw a stone at him. Interesting. I know. I, I, I hear you. I remember being a young kid, and I read about the case of Officer Zamora in New Mexico and how he actually got burned by being near too near a UFO. And he drew his service revolver. He was frightened. And he told this account where this man was just beyond fear. And I saw that. And I read about it, and I said, how can people not take this seriously? There was something there. Now, this was the eyes of a child looking at this. Today, I would say, I don't know what was there, but this guy was proof that something was there, undefined. So what is the something? Our, let me give you a smorgasbord here. We can go through and talk about each one of these possibilities. Real aliens that we should be worried about because when a superior culture encounters inferior culture, we know how that works. Or they are the fallen angels of Genesis 6, and they are doing their best imitation designed to have a great deception. Or Project Bluebeam, which my own father told me about in 1985, and he said the plot to use advanced technology to fake an alien invasion for the idea of nation consolidation under one flag. Um, that's, those are good starters. Which one of those do you want to attack first? Well, they're all uh, part of the plan, every one of them. Um, when, you know, when we're talking about UFO disclosure, um, Genesis 6 Fallen Angels, that's one that I rode the, that horse for quite a while. Um, Genesis 6 Fallen Angels, there are, and, and in, I think the verbiage of angels um, I don't think these things have wings and, you know, feathers. And so the, the angel thing, I think, could be a misinterpretation, but definitely some kind of being that is surpasses the human race that's way ahead of its curve. Um, there is definitely something there. When, it, when we're talking about uh, aliens that um, we see, how do I say this? When we see aliens coming to the Earth, is it Project Bluebeam? Um, and I, yes, I heard about Project Bluebeam as well. Um, holographic images, um, basically dealing with a religion. If if it's uh, Buddha, it will come as Buddha. It will come as Muhammad. It will come as Jesus Christ, according to where they project the holographic image. People will be scared, or people will walk right in believing they're being caught up to go see the Lord. Um, and they, you know, religion does a lot of background for this too. Interestingly enough though, that religion doesn't touch on Genesis 6 at all, never goes there. Um, and if you do go there, 
then again, you're back on the tinfoil hat. So there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of different avenues with this. Uh, I just reported on the Project Bluebeam long time ago, probably 10, 15 years ago, and uh, it is real. People know about it. Um, when is it coming? I don't know. The other prospect that the fact that um, we have a superior being, according to many, and that we could be under attack, and then of course they use Steven Spielberg to war the worlds and make us look and become scared. Scared is a uh, fear is a huge power, so they make us have major fear um, watching these movies, so that we can have major fear when the event really happens. Um, the, the key the key point here is obviously fear is the motivator, and they're going to kill us. Everybody's scared of death. That even religions, you know, if you don't do the right thing, you're going to go to hell. You're going to die. You're going to be tortured. I mean, fear is in religion. Fear is in every shape, way, shape, or form. We have fear in government. We, I can go on and on. So fear is the major motivator. But if they're going to kill us, the question arises. If they're going to kill us, why have they not killed us yet? Did they just show up 40 years ago, 50 years ago? And we know that's not true because Hitler was dealing with it. But then we know that there's paintings of UFO ships on Mother Mary holding Jesus. So this has been around for a long, long, long time. And if that is the case, which I think it is, why have they not attacked us yet? Why did they not fire back in Los Angeles in the 40s when they had ships flying over Los Angeles? Why did they not fight back in Roswell when one of their ships or two of their ships landed? Why have they never fought back and destroyed anything when we are the ones that are really the perpetrators? These are questions that I think need to be answered and nobody knows how to answer. That's a really good point. That's a very good point. What is your guess on this? Because they're certainly not going to tell us. Uh, why they are not taking us out? I think, I, I think, in when it comes to ETs, and this is going this is going to stress people maybe a little bit. I think when it comes to ETs, um, you have the fact that a lot of people obviously are scared of them. But there's a lot of okay. Let's go back to the human race. Human race, we have good people, we have bad people, we have people that what I'd call that are on the fence. They don't know whether to be good or bad. You know, their GPS system's broken. So I think it's the same way in extraterrestrials. And extraterrestrials, now we have the government made extraterrestrials, and they have no sex, they have no feelings, they have no, they're basically robotic, and so on and so forth. So, but we do have extraterrestrials, we have the Palladians, there's probably... I've heard as many as 900 species, different species, um, and maybe species is the wrong verbiage, but we'll use that. Um, so there's a lot of different um, extraterrestrials. I think the energy of God, divine, whatever you, however you address your maker, has a code that says you cannot interfere with things happening on Earth. You cannot interfere with things happening on the moon, the things happening on Mars, and so on, and the different uh, planets that we've invaded and are gone to. Um, you know, this whole thing where the moon has a different atmosphere and you have to wear all this air supply is a joke. It's, it's almost the same as what we have, just a different climate. So 
they've faked so many things. I think <laughs> this is a long subject. I think the government has lied so much and they're lying right now about many things, but I think they've lied about so much that if they release the real material, the true material, it will say government lie, government lie, government lie, 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 lie. Why did you say this? And even starting with the Roswell weather balloon, um, you know, come on, really? A weather balloon? And farmers, and there, there were pictures, there was evidence. There was hard. This wasn't circumstantial. This was true evidence, and they tried to bury it, and they couldn't. It still arises. In fact, they still have. I don't know. I guess I'll call it a celebration every year in Roswell, New Mexico, where everybody talks about stuff, and they bring out the newest evidence. And there's not too much new evidence because it's gone over for hundred, hundred years, two hundred years. Just joking, but it's been a long time. So I think we're in a point where. Um, things are going to start happening. I'll put it that way. Disclosure is close, not by our government, but by we're actually going to see something happen. That's my opinion. Interesting. Now, did you know, I, I don't know if you're here. Um, there you go. Helps to take the mute button off. Did you know uh, that Putin actually had told our government at one time, if you don't tell the people about UFOs, we will? Ah, uh, no, I did not know about that. Yeah, but... I covered that. I'm going to say it was five years ago, six years ago. And I thought, wow, how interesting. And I don't know that the Russians have put anything out, at least that we've heard. But uh, he made that threat. Um, and then I've also been told there was a, I had a conference one time, a closed-door conference, with Vance Davis, formerly the NSA, and Bill Pollack, who had Intel com uh Connections and we all became very good friends, but we had uh, uh, Robert Odeen, and I don't know if you're familiar with Robert, but he was a uh, the senior non-com of NATO. He had the power of a general, and uh, he was there, um, and some other people who were really prominent in the UFO co uh, community, but they're not people who you'd think of as UFO reporters. Um, and that would be like Edgar Mitchell, for example, an astronaut who walked on the moon. Uh, they were at this conference. We actually held it uh, in Mesa, Arizona, in the back room of a beauty salon because we wanted to be totally clandestine. I mean, the security was incredible. And so um, I, being friends with these two, kind of tagged along. And I got to talk to Robert, and then Robert gave his talk. And he was real frail, and he was in a wheelchair, but he was still very lucid. And he said to us, and we talked privately, and he got into more detail with me, but he said that NATO had records of over 25 different alien species. And they all were different in terms of their agenda and what they wanted. And he did also allude to the fact of what you just said, that there was a prime directive. And that was the old Star Trek term. In other words, you know, there's a like a universal law. You can't mess with the development of a planet. But some of these groups really flirted with the law. And that's yes. the first time I heard uh, someone speak about what you just talked about, about the prime directive. Well, as the prime directive, as you call it, is, is a code, and you don't mess with it. And of course, you know, there's obviously the divine, and then there's a the negative energy, which is what you want to call them fallen angels, whatever you want to call them. Um, they 
don't they obey they have to obey the universal law but they push the line as close as they can and i think by pushing that line they haven't interfered and and this is you know this might be a piece of why we have not been attacked because by even the bad uh extraterrestrials the ones that are on the negative chain link um this could be a part of it now is that ban or is that code going to be lifted I don't know. If it, if it does, we're done in two seconds. And I, I, I find it comical, and I could be wrong, there could be a different agenda here, but I find it comical that meetings take place like the Greta Treaty, and we pull their information for a trade for them to abduct people and mess with people with physical, which this kind of ties in almost to pharmaceuticals, but we won't go that deep. But where they're messing with human beings on their health you know, healing them of some things, giving them other problems that they have. And I've interviewed people um, that have had this go on, and it's quite horrific. There's no anesthetic, and sometimes they heal the person, but most times they don't because they're uh, practicing whatever they're practicing. And so this goes on and on. And I find it comical that these official leaders um, believe that they're tagging enough uh, information and they're tagging enough um, weapons and whatever they're getting from the extraterrestrials to actually take on the extraterrestrials and do away with the extraterrestrials. And there's some thinking that if we get enough technology, we can actually create something to take out the extraterrestrials, thus we will be the superpower. What a joke that is. I mean, only a third grader would think like that. So. Um, we have a whole, I mean, we have our economy that's getting ready to do something. We have issues in place that are not true that are happening. And now we're going to have the UFO card played. Oh my job. This is an OMG moment. So things are going to get real weird. And what is the timing? I couldn't tell you, but I would say the word soon. Well, the inspector general's report coming out in June would tend to indicate that, um, it's almost like they're giving themselves a license to announce the presence and then to let nature take its course. And that would suggest to me that uh, Project Bluebeam is real. Create the artificial threat, have a lead up to it, propagandize it, scare the hell out of people, and then use that to manipulate people. Gee, we've never seen that before in anything else, have we, Ronnie? Oh, we can't comment here on that. No, we but, can't. But, uh, but, but you know what I'm talking about, using fear to paralyze the public. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking this is where we're going. Let me ask you this question, though. I've always been intrigued by the subject of hybrids. And, and, um, and the reason I am is we know that the reports from UFO abductees, if you're to believe them, but they are strikingly similar along this vein. They abduct me, they take a sperm sample, they are doing genetic testing and then we're turned loose. So I'm just wondering, do you think there are hybrids here on the planet and ultimately is this what it's about? I'm not sure if we have hybrids. Um, it really goes on a definition of what, what a hybrid is. We have super warriors that have DNA, uh, extraterrestrial DNA mixed into them and they have, you might say, what would be equal to superpowers. Um, so are they considered a hybrid? You know, maybe that maybe so. 
somebody that's been dealt with, uh, abducted, dealt with, um, you know, sperm samples, and, you know, a lot of the women have been used to uh, have embryos that are not quite human. So is that considered a hybrid? It wasn't before they messed with it. So um, I don't I don't know what the definition would be. Um, something that's half ET and half human by nature to me would be a hybrid. But I don't know if there is such a thing because everything's been messed with and dealt with in a different way. So it's it's really I guess it's wording. Hmm. I, I've never told this story before to anybody, but it was in 19, oh geez, 81, 82. I met a lady and I thought, well, she's attractive. She's intelligent. And, and, and I had met her for a happy hour. And I remember this specifically, it was on St. Patrick's day. And we sat down and she said, you know, I don't know where this relationship is going, but there's something you need to know about me. And I thought, okay. And she said, I'm a teacher. And I said, well, I know that. And she said, but you don't know who I've taught in the past. And I'm sitting there listening. I'm thinking, okay, well, is it special ed? Is it, I mean, I'm, you know, I have no idea what she's talking about. She said, I was recruited to teach hybrids in private schools and I said what's a hybrid I really didn't know Ronnie she she had to explain all this to me she goes they're alien human uh, combined she goes it'd be like a mixed race child she said oh this is mixed planetary children and I said oh well I thought okay well, I'm gonna question her and this by this time I'm thinking how long till I can get out of here but uh, I, I asked her a few questions. I just said, well, how did you get recruited to do this? And how did this happen? And what's the purpose? So, you know, my intellectual curiosity took over. But I have to tell you, you know, it was like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. That's pretty weird stuff. And here's what she told me. She said she was recruited by agents within the government. Uh, and this woman really was a teacher. At this time when I met her, she was a, a teacher in the Jefferson County Schools, which is one of the largest school districts in the Denver area. And she went on to say that she was told that uh, she and other people like her were preparing these hybrids who had super uh, powers, super abilities compared to average children, especially intellectually, on how to blend into society without calling extreme um, attention to themselves. And I said, what did you have to do? And she said, well, they had tremendous power. She said telekinesis was a power that some of them had. I had to ask her, what's telekinesis? And she explained that to me. And she said, they, they could move objects just by thinking about moving the objects. Yeah. And I said, you saw this. And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, this was regular. And we had to teach them when to control it, how to control it, that kind of thing. And I said, what's the ultimate purpose? She said, they're coming here for the blending. And I said, what's the blending? And she said, ultimately, humans aren't going to be left on the planet. Now, I'll tell you, the only reason I'm telling you this today, Ronnie, is, is two things. This could have been the, um, you know, the um, imagination of someone who was terribly distorted intellectually and emotionally. But 
there was a movie that came out in 1997, and it was, uh, I can't remember his famous actor, and his name jumps out of my head now, but uh, the movie was about changing the environment of the earth gradually over time to where regular humans couldn't live, but a hybridization could. Mm. And it was called The Arrival. Charlie Sheen, that's who was in the movie. And he really did a good job in the movie. My wife and I saw that, and I thought, thought okay, that's nice. And I, I didn't really pay it a lot of attention. but And I didn't tell my wife about my previous encounter. Uh, in fact, I've never even thought of it, I think, since then to tell you. Um, I walked away from that, never saw her again. And I didn't even tell my friends because, you know, you, the ridicule factor, you know, the giggle factor. So I just let it go. But I have seen some things that make me wonder. And I'll, and I'll tell you, the big thing is this. In um, 1993, I met Vance Davis. And he was uh, describing transhumanism before it was ever a term in our society. He didn't use the term. <clears throat> But he described the process, and he said it's hybridization. And I thought, oh, I've heard this before. So I just took it all in. Uh, Vance has proven to be very credible through the years, and we've had just about a, almost a 30-year friendship now. Um, I wanted to lay that out to you to get your reaction. The picture was painted to me like we will no longer exist, and that's the transhumanism model. And, uh, and then the second part of this that might be unrelated is it's an alien-human hybridization. I'm not saying I believe it, but I'm saying when I start connecting these dots, I have to ask, is there any credibility of this? So here's my take on this. I've heard about the same rumors. Um, I've heard about the hybridization. I've heard that we're, you know, humanism is going to go away. Um, they're preparing you know even to the point of they're going to eat us i mean it goes all over the road what i've noticed in government um secrecy is it's everything is planned so if you have a true secret that you really need to keep secret and this is one of the things that has been talked about many times is can the government really keep a secret and the the, the answer is yes they can but there's a code to this so the secret the real secret they want to keep, they've got to keep under lock and key. Well, that's almost impossible because there's going to be somebody that talks. So what they do is they launch another secret on top of another secret on top of another secret, which is kind of like a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie. So you've got to fish through all these secrets to figure out which one is the real secret and which one is not. So let's go back to your girl, your teacher. So the teacher meets with you and says, I teach hybrids. First of all, my question would be like, this is definitely a secret. Why is she telling you she doesn't even know you? This is not something where you've dated her for a year. And she goes, you know, I, I Dave, I really got to tell you something because we're getting in this heavy relationship and blah, 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 blah. This is something the first time she talks to you, she tells you. So I put her in the tinfoil hat, but she might still be a CIA operative but she's on secret number seven or eight or nine because they have to bury the number one secret clear deep so nobody gets to it. And the best way to bury it is not bury it with truth, but bury it with 45, 50 secrets on top of it. So you have to fish through and figure out which one is really the deal. Our military uh, is about 50 years ahead of, it, of what it is in, in real time. 
So when they show us their newest product, their newest gun, their newest Land Rover, whatever they have, their newest tank, their newest jet, it's 50 years old. They've, they're, they're way ahead of their time. So imagine, you know, it's like lasers, and we have LASIK surgery and all this. What do you think they've got? They've got some big guns that they want to use to come against these so-called ETs that are so-called coming to kill us, which I don't believe that for a second, and Stephen Greer holds a huge network of people believing that these ETs want to make contact with us, and they're actually peaceful. They're not, I mean, there have been people in these circles that uh, Stephen Greer holds that have been actually been healed of physical ailments. Healed, completely, done, over, good, ready to go. So, there, to follow the real truth, and this, if you're a real ufologist and you try to follow the truth, good luck. And I remember a guy, you know, when I was getting meetings and, you know, Phil Schneider and all of this kind of stuff, and he told me, he says, Ronnie, I wash my hands of this stuff. He says, because when you get into this and you go deep, there is no bottom. And that makes it interesting because there's a, le there's a lake up by Sandpoint, Idaho, that the military put a base on back in the 40s, and there is no bottom. They've never found it. So, you, you know, call it what you want to call it, but there's a layer of secrecies to, to where you'll never find the truth. And so when they put this disclosure out, it's one of those top secrets. You know, when I say top, meaning it's one of those secrets that are on the top burying the true secret of what's really going on. So I don't think we're ever really going to know because if we did, then when this so-called project comes, this Project Bluebeam, where they use uh, different technologies so that we run in and get in the ship or get taken up they call it the rapture which by the way the rapture is not even in the bible so that's kind of funny too but they call it the rapture and we'll be taken up to be with god but are we going to be taken up to be with god yeah i don't think so i think we're going to be taken up and we're going to be uh mincemeat on a table so that's just my thoughts but <laughs> kind of like uh the twilight zone show to serve man yes Yes. Yeah. So there, I don't, you know, and I'm not trying to discount who you met, but um, she definitely, she could have been a CIA op, but she's a CIA op. You know, what she told you could be true and it could not be true. One thing that I, occurred to me is um, my dad started getting sick in that time frame, but he hadn't started talking to me yet about what he did and share it with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. And shared with me about um, the German scientists and what they told him about UFOs and aliens and so forth. And uh, he didn't believe it, by the way. He he was uh, someone he thought they were dealing with demonic entities. He said, I think they believe it. But he said, I, I didn't believe they were true aliens. And he said, uh, there was too much obfuscation. But he said, I do believe it was a uh, demonic entities, probably, that gave him this advanced physics technology that they were trying to reverse engineer. Um, and I often wondered if she was sent to me to find out what I knew from my father. And that would be an intriguing way to do it. But but I will tell you this. She wasn't working with the hybrids when I met her. She was telling me under the guise of, someday you could find this out about me and you need to know there's this side of me. That's how it was presented. So I probably right. didn't explain it really well. And I'm not saying I believed it, but she said things to me then 
Yeah, Ronnie, I have to tell you, I'm hearing now. Oh, yeah. But when they... I, I had a radio show for about 10 years on UFOs, and boy, I thought I was the I thought I was the stuff. I had, you know, all this information. So-and-so would call me, don't tell anybody my name, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, man, I'm deep in this. I'm going to bring out the newest thing and blah. And I realized one thing, Dave, and, you know, it's kind of sad, but unfortunately it's true. They and them fed me. And they fed me what they want me to talk on. Exactly. Because I had a heart for the truth. So here, here's this guy or this girl saying this, this, or this. Or somebody would call me in tears. Can you talk about this, this, this? And what was interesting is my subjects from UFOs to MKUltra, Monarch Project, all kind of intertwined. Which if you look at an abduction and you look at MKUltra and the trip seat, it's very similar. Very similar. So the technology has been taken off of abduction or vice versa. So they can fake abductions now. So I just noticed that I was fed. So again, back to the analogy of how, what, what is truth? How do you find truth? You know, how do you find the one golden fish in a lake full of thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of fish? Do you just wait and hope he gets on the hook? You know, and that's that's the question. What do you think it is? What do I think what is? This whole phenomenon we're talking about. From your world perspective, have you formed any conclusions at all? I, I think it's a... I'll just tell you. I, I don't... I was a preacher for years. And I learned that religion's a part of they and them. Believing in God is not. And believing in... The divine is definitely not they and them, but how they run it and how they make you believe to where you'd almost kill somebody in the name of God, um, it's a they and them issue. So I kind of believe pulling out, not doing the UFO show anymore, learning you know, the different aspects of what that was and what I did and what my involvement was and my involvement in religion, I've come to the conclusion that there's a huge spiritual war and what that involves I, I couldn't be real positive about I'm not sure if I go the whole heaven and hell route because I, I find it funny heaven is described in the Bible as a place it's a place with with golden streets and pearly gates and and what and I think to myself if you're really in the divine if you're connected to the divine, something that is so far out of our understanding and thinking, is it going to be about stuff? And I don't think so. I don't think that, you know, here, God, I'm going to visit you, and you're going to tell me about your stuff, and I'm going to live in your stuff. I'm going to have gold streets, and I'm going to have a mansion. And I just don't think that's that's what's going on. And so this spirit, whatever it is, whatever the divine has for us, which I believe is really, really awesome to where our little pea brains can't even understand how wonderful this really is. Whether it's the word love, and love's too small a word, whether it's an energy, a power, I have no idea. But whatever it is that the divine is holding in his hands, and I, I use the word his because it could be an energy, could be whatever, but we'll just for sake of argument, we'll call him a him right now. So this power that's in his hands obviously is wanted by the negative energy as well. 
So there is something huge. And I don't think it's the pearly gates and the golden streets and the mansions and all this stuff that we read about in Revelation. I think they and them wrote about that stuff because for some reason, think about it, we, everything that we do is about stuff. It's about money. We go to work to make money. We hope we make more money so we can buy a nice car, so we can buy a nice house, so we can buy nice clothes. It's all about stuff. Our whole life revolves around stuff. It doesn't revolve around meditation. It doesn't revolve around getting closer to God. We go to church once a week and say, oh, I'm close to God, and then we go back six days a week and sin like crazy. It's, it's, it's messed up. But I think the true power, the true love, the true whatever it is that God holds in his hand, the divine holds in his hand, is so powerful and is so wanted by the dark side that there is a spiritual war and why we're involved in this spiritual war, I don't know, but we are. And so this is going to take place, and we're going to see some stuff. Um, what does that mean? I almost couldn't tell you. Hmm, interesting. I, um, I couldn't begin to tell you either. But we'll go back to our starting point. Somebody wants to manipulate this because of the Inspector General report coming out in June. Yes. Yes, and, and disclosure, disclosure is about releasing some of those lies that are laying on top so that we can – it's a piece of meat. Here you go. Here's a piece of meat. Oh, thank you. Now I feel better. But you're still not getting to the truth. And I'm not sure if anybody has the truth. I just think everybody has – and this is why there's different UFO shows – is everybody has a key. But if anybody has a key to getting close to whatever the divine is holding – I always notice they're ridiculed and taken out. Interesting. What do you think triggers the taking out? Uh, getting close to that true truth that's buried underneath all the 400,000 lies. When we get to the truth, what, what that truth is, what that know, and I think it's bigger than a truth, it's a knowing. You know, God, God understands that you'll know me, you need to know me. When you know me, and and I think it's interesting because in the book of Thomas, it talks about how God, if we know ourself, that we will know God. How many of us are looking and working on ourselves? We go to talk therapy and, and we get a couple of, oh, well, you did this, but now do this and forgive this. And, you know, and it's cheese. And I'm sorry to be so strong in opinion, but unfortunately I am. We need to be looking at ourself. What, what connects us to the divine? Because if we're going to be a part of whatever is about ready to happen and be safe, we need to be in line with the divine. And, and I guess the slogan would be, spend time with the divine. So to a Christian, it would be, stay in the word and all things will be answered. Um, you, you're going to lose me on that one because the word, I, I believe in the Bible, but the Bible is a needle in a haystack so and it's flawed and people are gonna really beat me up for that but it is it's flawed um, that's not to say that it's not true I'm not saying that there's a lot of truth in the Bible but the book of Thomas is not in the Bible um, the book of Enoch is not in the Bible there are other writings there are other spiritual writings um, the, the Syrian writings, the, all kinds of different writings that make up what the divine is about and what's going on. 
So you have to add everything. And, and then again, you got to be careful because some of the stuff is not right. So that's what I'm saying. It, the truth is like, um, like a Rubik's Cube. You know, you spin it and you turn it and you try and you go, oh, I got one side and then you got all these other sides that don't match. And you're like, ah. Oh. But there are a few that can spin that Rubik's Cube and make all sides perfect. So it's a, it's a lifelong journey. And to understand the divine is when we don't understand. If we can understand it, we're not close to the divine. That's paradoxical. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's very paradoxical. Well, I don't really know what to expect either, but let me just ask you this question. What would you anticipate from this government on how they'll misuse the revelation for their own selfish purposes? Well, this power that the divine holds, I think they think they can steal it because they've stolen everything else. And you can look at it in our times right now that we're living in, things have been stolen. So I think they think they're going to steal this energy. I'll call it an energy just for lack of words. So the divine's holding this energy and it's it's very special. It's 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 deep. It's you don't understand it unless you're in it. Looking at it, you just you know there's something deep. And I think they and them everybody says they and them are not spiritual. That is a lie. They have studied all these outside books. They've studied everything there is, every connection, every sighting. They have studied it. They've been on it. Um, you know, there's there's a place in foreign countries that there's an underground sphinx. They've been there. The Mormons are there. The, um, the Masons are there. Um, this is, you know, this is far past our governments. And so there are things happening that we don't know about. And it's all about what I call that spiritual war. And, and we play this spiritual war in church, and we, we imagine these dark demons with pitchforks and horns on their, you know, and a tail with an arrow on the end of it, and these beautiful built angels and macho feathers and white and perfect. And I, I think that's, I almost hate saying this, but in, just to be truthful, I think that's a sham. Whatever is going on is a spiritual war, but it's not going to be played like that. That's maybe just for our understanding. There is a huge spiritual war getting ready to take a, take on that is unexplainable. That's and and it's it's it goes back to they and them have enough in their basket to try to take over and at least make an attempt to steal that energy. That's just my, that's just an opinion. I think it's as valid as any I've heard. Well, Ronnie, before we go, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about your business. <laughs> uh, because you're not selling ETs. No. Um, we're not doing ET trafficking. But um, you do. Um, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. <clears throat> um, I just uh, yeah, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about what you guys do with Get the Tea. Well... Here's the, here's the thing that I look at is I got into this business from Get the Tea. I got into this because I got sick. And one of the things that I watched is chasing after all the ETs and all the secrets and everything. Part of that made me sick um, for whatever reason. So I have a business that helps people get well. 
and if they do the right things, it's it's not one thing. Supplementing is a, is a part of it. Exercising is a part of it. Diet's a part of it. And if you do these things and you're you have a regimen, you can you can start healing yourself because the body heals itself. So I try to help people with that, and I talk about that. And you know, sometimes my opinion, people go, I would never buy from him because you know he holds this opinion. But you know, I understand that if somebody's really church bound. I don't take that away from them. I'm I'm not here to try to re-guide people into, you know, some certain religion. I'm just saying that I'm just saying in a nutshell, I think God or the divine is much bigger than we think. But I do find it interesting that he's left us with herbs on this earth that help our body. And why is it the pharmaceutical companies are looking in that another way and and actually sometimes there's actually an attack on those companies that hold the key to people feeling better. I, I, I will never understand that. To me, we need to be on the same team because we have enough stuff going on in this earth that is destroying people and the human race. And we need to be really proactive in getting people well. So that's what I do. And starts with the tea. Get the tea, which is a digestive aid because our stomach. And, you know, they say there's a, there's a heart in the stomach. Um, so to me, it's like our soul sits in our stomach. This is why you say, I got a gut feeling. Well, it's connected to your thoughts. So if we get that messed up, do we go farther from God, from the divine? I don't know, but I would definitely say at least there's definitely pain. So get your gut squared away with get the tea and drink the tea. What does it do for you? Well, it gets, let's put it this way, without being gross, it gets things moving. So a lot of people have a problem with going to the bathroom. And yeah. we call, our slogan is the tea that makes you go. Well, there's two two aspects to that. One, it's going to make you go to the bathroom. Not crazy-like, but it's going to get things moving. The second thing is it's going to give you energy. So you're going to have more energy to go do things that you want to do because you feel better instead of feeling sluggish. So the tea is really a powerful tool. And then we have our supplements, like we have our special this this month, with grapeseed and the tea, we have another one called the Heart Lift, which is Heart Love, and it's niacin, which pff, I love niacin, and it's also the tea. And you'll notice that all my specials include the tea. That kind of gives you a hint. Why is he put tea in every special? Because in that special, you need to get your digestion going. You're not properly, properly, get that word out there, you're not properly digesting in your body so this helps you digest and use the things you need to use and get the nutrients you're supposed to be getting so if you don't properly digest do you have a buildup of toxins that affect your health yes and, and if you're not properly digesting let's say you take a pill that's natural and it's GMO free and organic and it's good for you let's say it's good for your eyes and you're not properly digesting that pills going in you and going out of you and you didn't get the benefit because you're not digesting and this is the same for sometimes even pharmaceuticals. Is It doesn't digest well. So, okay, you, you have one pill. Well, you need two. Well, now you need three. And then the more of these pills you take, the worse you have digestion. So a digestive aid is a beautiful thing and makes you go, makes you, you know, regular. Um, and then when you take your supplements to for whatever XYZ problem that you have, then you're digesting it so that that problem can start going away because you're digesting the things that you need and the nutrients you need. 
People don't realize that when you're eating that greasy hamburger or that big steak with all that fat in it, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having some meat, but you really got to watch your diet. You need the veggies. And if you're having veggies that are not organic, just imagine making a salad and you go, hmm, what dressing do I want? I think I'll put a couple teaspoons of gasoline on there. There we go. Mmm, that tastes good. That's what non-organic food is tasting like. It has petroleum products on it because petroleum makes money for they and them. How does it work with petroleum? Why, why do they use it? Because it makes money. It, that's the, whole, the whole key is money. And, and the whole key is also, I think it goes bigger than that. It's not just money. It's the fact that if we keep taking in these chemicals, what do we do? Do we feel better or we feel worse? So depopulizing, and this has started with Rockefeller in the 20s when he started putting petroleum products inside our pharmaceuticals. See, our pharmaceuticals ran mostly, uh, they were GMO-free and they were, I don't know if they were organic, but they were plant-based. And now it's synthesized. So it's not plant-based, it's synthetic. And you're getting a whole different. This is why when you take one pill, you'll need three more of other things to fix the ones that the one pill did. Yeah, I saw that with my mother. In fact, we had a meeting with her doctor. Fifteen medications. Why? And right. We got, we got her off of nine of them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously. You know. And here's interesting: is they come after you. I got to be careful what I say, but they come after you. But you know, pharmaceuticals are killing people, and supplements are not. Which one do you want to do? And, and so they go, well, shoot, this is really not working. So let's put out a campaign with the mass media and tell everybody that, that uh, supplements don't work. You're wasting your money. And, of course, we believe the, the uh, media. And they go, oh, yeah, vitamin C never works. The RDA, they put the RDA out, which is recommended daily allowance. And they say, okay, um, let's do 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C. I'm just using that for, for instance. 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C. Well, if you really want to do some damage to a disease, you have to have a lot more than 1,000 milligrams. So as long as they keep the RDA really low, then things don't work as well. It takes you forever. It's like saying, okay. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So you just kind of keep the people at the threshold so yes. they keep coming back for more. Is that what you're saying? Yes. It's like putting get uh, it. a quart of gasoline in your car and then you run out of the gas. Just yeah, a there you bit go. Exactly. Through. That's a good analogy. I like that. Well, Ronnie, how can people get your product? GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. Put in Dave in the coupon code, get free shipping. And, uh, and that's worth a lot. You know, and you might want to get your stuff now because you <laughs> might not be there in three months. Yeah, before the hyperinflation I don't sets want to in. Put fear and threats in, but I'm just telling no, you. No, listen, I say the same thing. I tell people, you know, whatever I sell or whatever I'm representing in advertising, I'm telling them your shelf life is limited. When hyperinflation sets in, you're not going to be able to afford to buy anything. You're absolutely right. Ronnie, we are flat out of time. We got to scoot. But thanks so much for discussing this controversial topic. Remember, people, get the T.com, Dave, for free shipping. Thanks, Ronnie. Thank you.